What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. That's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. At the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello again, everyone out there, and welcome to another edition of the Salty Dogs podcast. And Go ahead. I guess this is actually... Um, Week 12, take two. Take two. There's, I have a great and overwhelming sense of deja vu because I feel like we just talked about all of yes. this. Yes. Would you like to explain I why? I will. I will. <laughs> we just nailed the best 30 minutes that you would ever It heard. was pure gold. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was auditory magic. It was like, are you kidding me? We are hitting our stride. I think we would have won some awards for that. It would have been. It was awesome. and It was groundbreaking. Yes. Transcendent. And then we say this. Sorry, but we have technical difficulties. <laughs> we didn't get it recorded. So Which well. <laughs> means I didn't hit the one the one thing. My one job is well, to hit the button. Your most important job. You do also yes. set all this up, which is I, nice of you. I know. I, I just kind of waltz in here and talk it, and waltz out. And we sat down and I and I have been I have been sitting here for before we started that last half hour. I was in here for a half hour. <laughs> I got in, I set everything up, I went, okay, I was answering emails off my phone. I, I'm like, this is perfect. And when you sat down, you said you're ready and I looked over and yeah, I'm good to go. I see the so. how, how long have you been in radio? Oh my gosh. Long time. I've never seen you do anything like that before, John. Uh, oh I could tell you a funny story. You've you know, done something you, like oh, this. Oh yeah, before? this is a great story. Okay. okay. You've heard this quarterback named Dan Marino. I've heard of Dan Marino. Okay. Well, Dan Marino had just retired from the Miami Dolphins, and he got into TV, <laughs> and he um, came to was going to do a buck game. So open locker room. You're all in there. We're in open locker room. And uh, I see him standing there. And remember in the old locker room where the video room was, how there was that little hallway there was a locker room, yeah. and then there yeah, was yeah, yeah that little hallway, the, and everybody kind of hid back there. Yeah. So Players I, lounge. I was standing there, and I happened to see Marino talking to whoever, and I went, oh, man, I'm going to get this inner. So I walk over, and I, I some this when I was running a sports station. So I, I said, hey, let me have the recorder microphone. So I for, go over from from, from, one of, from one of my coworkers. And so, and so – I go, said, uh, hey, Dan, how are you? I'm Jeff Ryan. Dan, you didn't Dan. go with Mr. Marino? No, no, no. Straight I'm, I'm a, just straight, you know. Okay. I said, uh, can I grab you real quick before anybody else? He goes, yeah, just you. Let's do it real quick. <laughs> I do a five-minute solid, just rock em interview. I am just like on cloud nine. Got we got Dan Marino. We got, you know, we're competing. We're competing against another sports station. Okay. I got it. We get back to the, we get back to the, uh, <laughs> radio station yeah 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 we hit the recorder there's nothing there <laughs> nothing the problem was i had a microphone that had an on off switch and i didn't and i thought it went all the way up so so from that point on 
I banned all microphones with on-off switches. Yeah, yes. no more of that equipment. No, no, it's, that is actually T.J. Reeves' funniest story because he finally has something on me. Can he I Can that. I just say, can you please check to make sure we are recording Yeah, now? we are. See, you can see it. We've been it's three that minutes red and light? 20. Is well, that what I need to look out for in the future, that red light? Ah, not really. It's more, It's more. see how it's rolling? Uh-huh. Okay, that's okay. what it was. I'm gonna double, I'll be your backup I double check, on. but it helps to have the red light on. It's yes. a good thing that that happened in segment one. Yes. Because we really couldn't have asked the player to come back. And no, it never will happen with the player because I double check. I double check. It's a brain fart. You know, what do you want from me? So can you remember everything that you said I did. about 20 minutes ago I and can. say it all again? I can. I'm pretty good at this. I do understand how we, this works. We were talking about um, how we just the Bucks just can't seem to stack up wins. That's mm-hmm. how we started. That's right. Um, we stopped it. We stopped one streak. That was the losing streak, and we got a win. And we thought, okay, now now we can start stacking. But one them up. game a streak does not make. No. And so they go back to um, we have not had consecutive wins this year, which mm-hmm. obviously you have to have. Yeah, and, and it's so frustrating because there were opportunities to put them together. And I know you hate when I say this, but if you get one, you get two, and next thing you know, you got three. I, don't, I just don't want to hear it anymore because I it know. hasn't happened. I, I know. want it to happen mm-hmm. so you can talk about it like, see, I told you so. Um, I don't have a whole lot of told you so's in me anymore. Um, you know, that game was interesting, not in a good way necessarily. One of the things that Coach pointed out, Coach Arians pointed out right after the game was well, a big thing to him was that they converted seven of their 13 third downs, mm-hmm. which is an area the Bucks defense had actually been pretty good at recently. And I threw these stats numbers at you before. You have to pretend like you're interested since I already told you this once. <laughs> In the two previous games, the Bucks defense had only allowed three of 18 conversions. To Which Seattle still, hearing, very, very good. It, hearing it again is just, is just blowing yeah, me away. I think right we now. came into the game at like 33% on defense, which is maybe about seventh in the league, which is very good. And considering how not great the the season has gone for the Bucks defense, that's one nice note. I mean, that's a th- an encouraging thing. Hey, they have been able to get off the field. Yes. And so you would think that would be a big deal because New Orleans is coming in. They don't really throw the ball downfield that much anymore. They put together long drives, putting the ball in the hands of Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. So, they, yeah, they converted 6-7 of 13, but they were 6-7 of seven on third downs that were three yards or fewer. Once they got to seven yards or more, they were 0 for 5 because most teams aren't good at converting. So you got to get – they were doing a good job of – Getting four yards. You know, as I said before, Alvin Kamara, I thought Devin White played a great game. We'll talk a little bit more about that. At least he was a lot more active and, and visible and all over the field using his speed. There were a lot of times when I thought he he reacted pretty well to, to Alvin Kamara and the ball going in his direction and got up there quickly. Sometimes he was covering him. Sometimes he got up closed on quickly to make the tackle. But it was still four yards. And then Drew Brees gets another four yards on the next. Now you're in that third and two, and they convert that with very little problem. So... You know, he's just – those guys are so good that even when you're playing well defensively like Devin was, they just – they dinked and dunked us to death. They, they had a 51-yard touchdown drive that lasted 13 plays, probably went like eight minutes. That's the kind of drives they are putting together. And 10 of the 13 plays were five yards or less, and none were longer than nine. Usually, if you have a scoring drive, you have one big chunk play in there somewhere. And we had talked about before, coin toss. You win, do you defer, do you – do you take the ball? We, for the first time. For the defer- first time. And for the first time this year, we deferred. And uh, Bruce Arians mentioned in his radio show, TV show, that the reason why he did that, he wanted he wanted the ball coming out into the third third quarter. He wanted the ball second half, uh, first out. And as it turned out, we did score at that point. Also scored quickly near the end of the quarter. And that's the philosophy behind that. We didn't, though. 
No. We, he wanted we that double We scored once, they got it, then we got it back again, and then we got that's it. Where he, yeah, and the, that's where the, the frustration was. The score we got was, was not in a two-minute drill, which is something the Buccaneers have actually been the best team in the league mm-hmm. in scoring Excuse me, on two-minute drills. Um, one out of two on the cough button. Yes. First one caught me by surprise. Yeah, we're having problems hitting buttons All today. Over. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, we've been very, very good at scoring at the end of both halves, and we were trying to do that again because he wanted that score to go in and score coming out, and you really can change the game. You're hoping you you put some distance. In this case, we needed to make a comeback. And he was also hoping to make a statement with the defense of stopping them on the first drive. And yeah. they, they they did, did stop them. Well, they for a field goal. For a field goal, but the problem was it was a seven minute drive. Yeah, that first drive, and so defensively, you were out there a long time, and then your offense goes three and out, and then you're back out there again, and and in then the you first, throw a pick. What would you say? We had four plays in the first quarter, five, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I think that we had three, three and out, and then I think the the uh, pick on the pass to Howard was the second play mm-hmm. of the second drive, and that's all we had. We didn't have a first down in in the first quarter and they were rotating they were rotating guys out you know they're trying to because they could see it as well as everybody else that you know you're going to wear yourself down yeah 37 minutes of game time for new orleans including 21 in the first half it was pretty even in the second half but our defense was out there the whole time <laughs> in the first half uh you know and and i think the turning point was probably the interception that went through oj's hands and somehow ended up behind him and he's trying to make a Catch for the ball. I don't know what that back. was. I've never seen. I, well, Bruce Arians said it's the same type of interception that happened against the San Francisco game, which to me is forever ago. Yeah, right. So I'd have to think about looking at that. But it, yeah, I don't know if that one actually was like ended up with the with the pass catcher with his hands behind his back trying to because even if he'd have been able to hold on to it, as soon as he gets hit, it's going to drop it, which is what happened, and it went deflecting, and Demario Davis dived to pick it off. Uh, so at that point. Yes, we hadn't done anything on offense. We'd only had one drive. They had driven for two scoring drives to start the offense, but the the game. But you felt good because in both cases managed three, to hold them to yes. three points. One one drive score, you're ahead. With so you've a got the ball. You're like, okay, we haven't done anything yet, but hey, we're only down six. We've got the ball. We mm-hmm. have a good offense that moves the ball. We could be winning in about five minutes, despite the fact that you'd been pretty much dominated up to that point, point. and uh, that would have felt really good. But unfortunately, then the pick happened, and it wasn't this one in particular was not Jameis's fault. Uh, I think you told me before that coach said the other three were Jameis's yes, fault. Yes, he said that during his uh, radio TV show. The reason why I say that so people can go. I'm not making it up. It's not a yeah. hallway conversation. Right. It's, he um he did on the one that was returned for a touchdown. Uh, it was the play after he got his ankle hurt, and I'm willing to believe that. Um, you know, maybe he had trouble stepping into that throw, and that's why it sailed on him. But it, it, nobody's going to use that as an excuse anyway. He sailed the throw. The worst one was probably the one in the end zone. I mean, the game was pretty much lost by that point anyway. But the last one, because he usually throws that ball very good. He, he puts it up and out there over the defender for Mike, and he just didn't get enough on it. It just it was it went. The defender was in front of Mike, which is probably where Mike wanted to be. He wants to be between the sideline and the defender, so Jameis throws it over the top. Didn't happen, and that was disappointing. Uh, <laughs> but he threw for 300 yards for the fifth game in a row, which is a Buccaneer record. You figure if you're throwing over 300 yards, you're you're, you're winning games. Took, it, unfortunately, it took 51 throws to get there. And uh, as Coach Arian said, um, you show me a team that throws 51 <laughs> times and, and see who wins. And he's right. I looked it up. I think there have been 14 games this year 
or 18. What does that say about the league? In which a team has thrown 50 or more times, and they've lost all but one and was a tie. I think that Arizona-Detroit game. <laughs> really? One of the teams threw 50 times. That just – well, first of all, there's a lot more passing in the league, so you're going to get more 50-pass games. Um, I don't think it says anything about the league. It just says you're in a game where you were down early. Off the top of your head, do you know what the most um, passing attempts – by anybody or for By, us? For, for us. I believe it's 60. I swear to God, he, I did not know this question was coming, so if I get this right, I'm yeah. really proud of myself. I'm pretty sure it's 67 by Brian Greasy in an overtime game in Chicago that okay. I think we won. Was that underneath Lovey? No, no. This was this – was, oh, Brian wait, Greasy wait. was, was oh, yeah. Gruden era. It was an overtime game. I don't think we were having a very good season overall. I, the, the one I remember was the New York game in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one I remember. That was the game where um, uh, Vinny Testaverde came off the couch and beat and us. Beat us, and we had uh, – it was an incredibly literally, windy day. Literally, he came off the couch. Sunday, he was on the couch. Monday, he was practicing. The next Sunday, he was playing. For the Jets, right? Yes. And Trent was our no, – yes. it wasn't Trent. No, it wasn't. It was uh, Chris Sims, was it then? They all run together. Because no. it was a Gruden game, wasn't it? Yeah. And we th- maybe, it was, maybe it was even Gradkowski. Remember he he started yeah, a lot he in started. six and we but I remember it seemed inexplicable that you would go into that incredibly windy place and throw the ball like on every down. We're going to show them. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work. No, did not work. No, no. But uh, yeah, when you go back to this New Orleans Saints game and and you look at you know Bruce Arians and made the the conversation that watching don't crack your knuckles i had to replicate I, remember i know we're you, trying to replicate what you before you and you yelled your, at me for clicking the pen. pen yes so now i have to do I, the knuckles i would think you would just learn just to I'm, stop i'm never gonna stop cracking my knuckles you don't understand you don't you're not noticing it but it's jeez <laughs> gosh <laughs> be just, crazy just freaking out a little bit over here um i think the season's getting to him it is uh bruce was talking about you see your team, they're out in the practice field, you're practicing all these situations, and things are clicking, clicking, clicking. You feel good about it. You put it to bed, you're feeling good. Game day comes, you see it, and then it starts to fall apart. The wheels come off. Yes. And you don't know why. And that is seems to be the theme right now is what is it? What? Wh- how, how are we going to transfer? Why is it not transferring? Correct. Translating. Right. Why doesn't why you know it, it and it's and it's not just one thing it's like craziness you know it's it, it's something different everybody's taking a turn yeah that's what I think that's what Cam Bright was saying after the game he's like we can move the ball but somebody makes a mistake which and he listed all the positions so he wasn't yeah he wasn't picking I'm sure on he anybody was including himself mm-hmm. uh, yeah in, uh, here's the thing too there's no reason for a coach to make a point of telling everybody how good practice was if it wasn't true. Because that doesn't make him look any better. Right. If you say we had a great week of practice, but we weren't able to translate it onto the field, then, you know, you can say the coach needs to figure out how to make that happen. I'm sure Bruce would say that. Right. You can't say to me, hey, you had a great start on the Salty Dogs by not pressing the button, because then I think, <laughs> it oh, would be a lie. I had a really good time. Yeah. You know, I'm really on top of my game. So because of that, you pay So my more point attention. is I don't think he's making that up. I think they really did think they had a great week of practice. No, I – 
I, I, I have to agree with him because you watch some of it. I watch some of it. Bit. Yeah, you watch this and that. Yeah, there are certain things. Yeah, look, most of the time practice is boring because it's just yeah. re, it's just it's Especially repetition. When, when you've been doing this for 25 yeah, years. Yeah, you're looking at it and you're going down and up. But when you start seeing them do the in, installation of certain plays, it makes you pay attention to see how it worked out in, in um practice right. and, and and many times you see a play in practice and it doesn't work and you go well they're not going to do that and then you see it line up and you go oh crap that's the play that didn't work in practice <laughs> and then it works so they it, fix something in the yeah maybe in the meetings but that is the film said you weren't supposed to do that no you do that differently now mm-hmm. and and uh, bruce was saying bruce arians was saying that that is the million dollar question he's very very i'm not gonna put words in his mouth but basically he was saying he's looking at it and going what 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 it what are we missing? So you know they're doing their self evaluation. Of what is the one thing they're missing to put this team over the top? He feels that with the talent this team has, it should be winning games. And I guess I'll go ahead and do the devil's advocate thing I did before, and say I'm not saying this. I don't. This is not my opinion, but I do understand the argument. We tend to say. We have a very talented team, and we should be getting better results. I think that is true. But the the devil's advocate argument would be, well, you keep saying you have a lot of talent, but do you really? You know, maybe it's not talent not showing up. Maybe it's a lack of talent. I don't think that's the case. But there are a lot of sections of this team where we believe, and I do believe there to be a good amount of talent, but it still has to prove itself. And that's, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, to me, starting to come on, Devin White, uh, uh, Ali Marpet, a couple of guys on the offensive line. I think they have proven themselves, and so you can pretty much say without argument that those are very good players. There are no, There's another group of players that we think are very good. Still has to be proven. And, and as you just— So the devil's you, advocate might say, well, maybe you're wrong. Yeah, or maybe they just haven't all come together yet, and that's yeah. what the coaching staff is looking at. How what do we need to do to get them all to come together? Yeah, and how best because people because if you have all this talent, then people go, well, if it's not the talent, then it's coaching. Right. Yeah, so and that's and right. and, and so what the coaching staff is looking at is they feel like they have the talent. Now they just got to get it conveyed, whatever message is is missing to make it happen. Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping for. Because we're three and seven, the Bucks are three and seven, and that's not going to end in the playoffs. We can just we can just say that right now. You're saying it right now. This first first of all, you'd have before to win, Thanksgiving. You're saying that you'd have to win all six games to get to nine and seven. Mathematically, and they are not eliminated. I agree. And uh, only and, one team in the NFL is eliminated right now. Got to be the Bengals, I guess. Correct. Not even the Redskins. Nope. Seriously? Yeah. Wait a minute. Is that true? Because aren't they one and nine? So the best that they could be is seven and nine. I, I got to believe there's five, six teams with seven wins already. Anyway, you must have seen that somewhere. So I'll I did, you. but it, maybe that was last week. No, I think this week they. When did when did oh they played on what Washington Thursday? Lost, no, no. When when did Cincinnati play? They played on Saturday s- or Sunday rather. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was the Browns and um, and Steelers last Thursday. Yeah, the Bengals lost to to John Gruden's Raiders mm, in Oakland, I believe. Okay, um, but okay. Here's my point. You win all six games. You're nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Let's, I'll just concede that that, that can happen. Um, I don't think nine wins gets in the playoffs in the NFC this year. It's, it's too top-heavy. There's, there's, there's five teams at least that I think almost it would be shocking if they didn't get to nine wins. 
One of them's already there. Well, Several others are at eight. Well, you're looking at nine and one San Fran. If, yeah, you go San Francisco, Seattle, then go Green Bay, Minnesota, playing hot right there at all four. four. All four of those yeah, teams two, have at least two seven. get to division. Then yeah. And did you say New Orleans in there? Well, I didn't even throw New Orleans so that's in yet. Five. Yeah, and throw then New Orleans. So you have the winner of the Denver. I mean the Denver, the Dallas, Philly, whoever wins that division. So you're you have your four division winners. The Bucks. I don't. We may not be able to win the division. What is where is Oakland now? I mean, New Orleans is now seven and three, mm. and we're three and seven. With six games to go. Mathematically, you yeah. could still win you the division, it, but let's but... just be fair. That's not going to happen. No. So you got to be a wild card, which means you have to leapfrog, among other teams, at least one of. Green Bay, Minnesota, whichever one does win that division, and Seattle, San Fran, which and those teams are well ahead of us now. And what's crazy right now is Atlanta is getting hot. <laughs> that figures right. <laughs> so, well, you, you could know. have won a lot of money betting that Atlanta went into their bye week, allowing the most points in the league. Did you know that? I did, and they were getting ready to blow out their head coach. And then they come back, and somehow New Orleans and Carolina, in road games for the Falcons, only gave a, a total of four field goals and no touchdowns. How does that happen? Well, they did make a switch. Okay, don't talk about it yet because I'm asking okay. a question about that. All right. We're going to so, get that in the question right. segment. Um, let's see. What else did we talk about? Um, so my point was, in addition to nine wins probably not being enough. Yeah, you're not going to get there. Three and seven teams don't win their last six games because there's a reason they're three and seven. I we could Here's what I want to see happen because the playoffs aren't going to happen. I would like to see a 1996 kind of situation. You remember that season well. I do. It was Tony Dungy's first year, just like wow. it's Bruce Arians' first year. Yep. Started out 0-5 and, and then 1-8. and eight. Famously, he told he made sure everybody stay the course. And that team did not make the playoffs. Finished 6-10. and 10. That sounds disappointing. But they won five of their last seven. And that San Diego game was famously the turning point. And by the end of that year, that team believed it was good. This team believes it's talented. Uh, but it doesn't know if it can win yet until it does. If we could do something like that, there's only six games left, not seven, but let's say you win four or five of your remaining six. It's possible, right? It is. You feel like you've turned the corner. You're not in the playoffs. You feel like you've turned the corner, and then you can start with a lot more confidence and also probably a better idea of the, th- the things you still need to fix. Because if you're, if you're playing well down the stretch, you're going, okay, 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 good. We do have a good secondary. Now they're starting to prove it. You don't, but uh, you know what? We're going to need more pass rush or something. You know what I'm saying? So you get a better feel for what you need instead of just going, we need everything. And you have, three and, and you got a coaching staff that's been here and the players, everybody players under- believe in them. knows what's going on. Nothing's going to really. That's all I'm asking for yeah. is just a 1996 finish. Well, and that's, that's true. And, and, you know, you and I both have been around teams that, you know, pretty much they get in this situation and all of a sudden they're mailing it in and that's not the case. We're not yeah, seeing that at we all. We see good effort for sure. You're seeing great effort. You're seeing, I mean, you're still seeing good ball play and then you, and then, you know, it's just that. Jeff, can you put this pin over there because yeah. I keep picking it up. I know, you're like a child. I click it. Um, see, if you, it's just, I can't even. Yeah, but you're holding it right up no, to your mic. No, but you're like this. You're like this. Yeah, well, it's an interesting little nugget for fans to yeah. try to figure out. What's that background noise? Yeah, they're going, geez. Um, so, will it come together? I don't know. I mean, the, well, of course the, you don't the, know. The, 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 it's a million dollar question. Uh, Bruce Arians uh, is, he, he he's, hasn't been down this road before. He's right. in uncharted waters. He never lost four in a row as a head you know, coach. He took, he, when he took over the Colts, he got them winning. They, were, they weren't doing well, but he got them winning. Goes out to Arizona, gets them winning. Immediately. They won their first year. 
and then they're in their playoffs the second year. And then, and so it's so, taking a little longer, but we'll get this turned around. And I think, I, and I think it's frustrating to him to the point where, and he said, he's, he has said this, this is a much more talented team than I had in Arizona. He has said that. Yeah. And he would know right. to start with. Sure. He was a, was a more talented base, he feels, that he got here, inherited here. Uh, so there, there you go. And um, I believe in him, though. Oh, I do too. I, I also believe in Todd Bowles. Yes, um, I think he's a good I, yeah. defensive coordinator. So I think we're going to get the results. We got to get this figured out, but I think he's very good. And he's had good results. I, I think. Uh, I think that was so frustrating. Is for me personally, what's frustrating is, I, I really think this is a good coaching staff. I really I do. Agree. And I'm not one to say. If I don't have, if I didn't think it was a good coach, I just wouldn't say. You wouldn't anything. bring it up. I wouldn't bring it up. Golden rule. Because there's just no point you can't in say it. Something nice. Yeah, but I do believe it's a, it's a good coaching staff. I believe it's a cohesive co- coaching staff. I believe that they commu- that they're communicating well with the players. I I think we have a lot of young players, and they're adjusting to being in the NFL. They're adjusting to it all. <coughs> problem where we the problem where we are now with teams is you don't have time to adjust. You have to adjust. Yeah. There's no growing pains. you got to get it done. And so where we are now, if they can, if they fix these little things, if, but I don't know what it is. It doesn't seem to be the same thing every week. No, that's what's so. With the exception. You know, well, with the exception of throwing interceptions or throwing, having I mean, turnovers. And, and I'm not picking on Jameis. I'm just saying. That's, that's the, the common, that's the common thread. thread. And on defense, the common thread of, of things not working out has been do, do coverage you, issues. Do you say things like, I'm not picking on you, but quit clicking the pen? You know, is it kind of <laughs> like you kind of say, I'm not picking, but no, it's just stating a fact? It's, it is a fact. 18, 25 turnovers is what we have in 10 games. And we're not getting them either, which is something mm, the topic no, has come up this week. at all. And I think we have players that can make, turnovers happen um you know Devin White is a guy that I think in his future will be like that he'll be a good player Levante David is a great player um he's he's having a good year it's a shame hey by the way Pro Bowl voting please vote has begun it began last week please vote for Levante please as many times as they'll let you because I he just perennially perennially nice un it doesn't get the recognition he deserves. And now, Jeff, he's at a different position technically on the ballot. He's always been in the outside linebacker group, which was tough because then he has to go up against like guys like Shaq Barrett who are pass rushers, and they have the sacks, and they always get the Pro Bowl votes. That's why it's been so hard for him to get in the Pro Bowl up to this point. Famously, he had, the, I think, 2013 when he was a first-team All-Pro but didn't make the Pro Bowl, which is the first honor is a lot more exclusive than the second one. Uh you know, so now he's an inside linebacker, so that means he's up against guys like Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner. So it's still just as hard. Very. But he's having another great year. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there's always that thing about when you start suggesting guys to vote for, you know, if, if we bring up five names, are we sliding somebody by not bringing them up? But you know what? Who cares? I don't care. Uh, Shaq Barrett. Need to. He's he. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's still in the league. He was tied for the league going in, but he didn't get one in sacks. He's probably going to finish this season with 14 or 15 sacks. He should be in the Pro Bowl. Obviously, Mike Evans, and I don't think that's going to be an issue because he already has the momentum and he's having just as good a year as ever. Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin probably deserves it too, but it's hard to get two receivers from one team, especially at a position. Especially when you're not winning. And Yeah, that too. And in, in the NFC, you're always are battling for spots with guys like Julio Jones. Well, although Beckham's not in the NFC anymore, so that's good. 
um, but there's others that are not immediately coming to mind. Um, you know, we've we've always talked about how we thought Ali Marpet was an up and coming potential Pro Bowler, but it's hard for those offen- offensive linemen to break through for the first time. Uh, but either way, just go online and vote for your favorite. Vote for any player. of them that you think deserve yeah, it. But absolutely, you can do that, and you can help everybody out, and uh, that would be nice. That's good. All right, was, was take two as good as take one? I actually, I think take two was even better. Well, we we had practice. Yeah, and a lot more enthusiasm. So <laughs> a lot more enthusiasm. Yeah, it's a lot more enthusiasm. We were warmed I, up. It was I'd our, like you to know, Jeff, that I have a lot of work to do, and this is costing okay. me a whole another half. An well, hour, then so I guess you better call Giselle and tell her you're going to be late for dinner, and <laughs> blame exactly it on me. Right. That's just fine. She likes me, so it'll be okay. I plan to do exactly that. Very good. All right, that's it for this segment. We're going to get our guest in here, and then in the third segment, we'll answer your questions. So stick with us. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm still Scott Smith. And I'm still Jeff Ryan. But now we have another person in the room with us. And Jeff, this is completing the set for us. I know. Rookie safety Mike Edwards with Yay. us. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you it. You are the final one. Uh, everybody from your draft class that made the team, so not Terry Beckner, everybody else has been on the podcast. Now. Okay. That's quite an accomplishment for us. Saying the best for the last one. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And after after Sunday's game, yes, congratulations yeah. on your first sack. Thank you. Appreciate it's it. It's pretty strong. What do you think of all the guy? I mean, of your draft class? You think you guys are going to be a, like a cornerstone of this team in a few years? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, that's the reason why they drafted us. I feel like this, this group is, like, special. You know, Devin White, you know, obviously top five pick. You know, he, he brings leadership and brings the juice to us. And, uh, our three DBs, you know, we got great chemistry off the field, so bring it to the on the field. And then, you know, we got Scotty. Had you know, a big play. Yeah, you know, that's my dog, my roommate. <laughs> oh, is that uh, right? Yeah, we was my roommate when we first started, so yeah, okay. we, you know, we pretty tight. And then, you know, and Nelson. Matt and Matt. Yeah, Matt's making all his uh, kicks. Yeah, Matt. I mean, he makes all the kicks. I'll tell you what, you're here. This is your first year. You are lucky that Matt Gay was in your draft class because this team has had to put up a lot of kicking problems oh, yeah, for heard. about a decade. I heard, yeah. It looks like it's solved now, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I, I can see it. Well, we want to talk about you, but first you brought up Devin, and I wanted to ask if this is true because you're much you're more of an expert on it than I am. It looked to me in the last game like he was really playing fast, like even more mm-hmm. so than before, like flying around, and maybe it's becoming more instinctive. Did you see that as well? Yeah, I definitely did. You know, being on the field, uh, I saw it. You know, I'm like, man, he making he's going sideline to sideline, making plays, you know. Tackle for losses, you know, tackle on the sideline going, like mm-hmm. I said, sideline, sideline. And I even heard, you know, like my sister told me, you know, like people from just looking uh, out the game, you know, playing, I mean, just looking in the stands, like you know, Devin White, he's yeah, playing he, everywhere. So. He really showed yeah. up. Yeah, so he's ball. You know, I find it interesting that all, all of you have said that you're all really, really tight on the draft class. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone talks about chemistry, how you need chemistry. As you guys are bonding together, where where do you think you can go with all of this if you all stay together? I feel like we can go far. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, we, we talked about it when we first got here. You know, uh, obviously Tampa Bay hasn't had, you know, great seasons in the past, so we want to be the guys to change that. And, uh, you know, want to be the guys, you know, to start something, you know, a class to start something, go go further and go po- be positive uh, with that. So I feel like um, with this draft class, we got a lot of great talent, and uh, we definitely can push forward and, be one of the uh, playmakers out there. Jeff, they need to have their San Diego moment. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're sounding like Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and right John now. And John Lynch. And John Lynch. And 
Go ahead. End of 96, which was Tony Dungy's first year as the head coach, and the Bucks uh-huh. hadn't been in the playoffs in 15 years. And Tony Dungy's first season started out 0-5 and then 1-8. and mm-hmm. And they were in the hotel room on a road game in San Diego watching the ESPN, and the Bucks were referred to as the Yucks. Hmm. And they said, right now, right here and now, that stops. All right. And then we won in San Diego, yeah. comeback win, won five of our last seven, and then the next year went back to the playoffs. So you need your mm-hmm. San Diego it, moment because you got it, the attitude, it, obviously. It was Brooks and Sapp were roommates, and they said, this is going to stop now. So yeah. the, the game begins, and we were down 10 nothing right away. Yeah. So <laughs> they looked at each other and said, okay, we got to figure this right. out. And Lynch got a pick. But, yeah, mm-hmm. but it was a turning point when you looked at the franchise. You, mm-hmm. you pointed to that game and those guys that it all changed. Right. So that's kind of cool that you were saying that that's how you, all of you together, not just you, yeah, but right. your, your, your fellow teammates. Right. John, John Lynch was a safety, as I'm sure you know, and mm-hmm. he probably, I guess the greatest safety in franchise history so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you and he, you play the same position, at least on paper, but I don't think it's the same game. I mean, yeah. I don't think he ever went into the slot and, and played a, an entire game as basically the nickel corner. Yeah, and I, But that's what you did, yeah. right? Yeah, right. But I also haven't, haven't made no hits like he has. Oh, I know. So. I know. Not yet. Right? <laughs> yeah, if you do, you're getting a flag. Because right. <laughs> right. he can't play anymore in this game. <laughs> so I bring that up because uh, the average fan is probably not going to understand exactly why the coaches decided to use you in that role. Because all they see is the word safety on the paper, and they mm-hmm. assume you're going to be the safeties. There's probably bits of it you, you don't want to share in terms of strategy. But is there anything that you can tell me about why that decision was made and what skills they were looking for? Yeah, I mean, we was kind of low, you know, like Vernon gone, and then, you know, yeah. MJ Stewart, he's hurt. So, uh, you know, they brought me here to, uh, you know, they knew I could play nickel. I played nickel in college. Yeah. So, that's like my primary position in college. Yeah. So, okay. they knew I could play nickel and, uh, you know, come into this. They want to, I guess, you know, try me out there. You know, I started, they told me I was playing that uh, on that Monday. Okay. So, that was my first time being introduced to it, you know, trying to get the fundamentals and the whole scheme down at that nickel position. So, I mean, it's kind of natural to me, the position. is you got to, you know, find, you know, a little – that's good. Things, right? The more you can do, that'll always yeah, help you. Right. Last week when we were, I was waiting to get Jamel in here for the same thing on mm-hmm. Wednesday, and he was doing it after your meetings, and the safeties broke up, and um, I didn't see you in that group. And then the cornerback meeting room broke up, and there you came. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, I couldn't mm-hmm. say anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hmm, yeah. Something's up now. Yeah. <laughs> That's that inside yeah. stuff that we, we – <laughs> Now no, we can no, talk right. about yeah, it. Right, we, right. We, we, you know, people always ask you questions, and, you know, you see things, and there are times when you can say something about it, and there's times you just can't. Right, right. That's how I guess we stay employed because did, we see things <laughs> and we don't say anything. Did right. you blitz out of the slot much when you are in Kentucky? Yeah, I okay. did. Uh, I actually – Tell my coach to bless me more. Okay, so, yeah. So yeah, they had some design blitzes for me. You know, then uh, we had some call blitzes. You know, I played pretty much everything. Played man, blitzed a lot. You know, dropped down on coverage. Yeah. So did a lot of things in Nichols. But I'd say one of the pioneers of blitzing out of the corner was Ronde Barber, oh, yeah. former Buccaneer, yeah. great. And, yeah, and they, he helped change that position. So now it makes sense to have somebody in the slot mm-hmm. who's a good blitzer. Which right. Maybe twenty years ago we wouldn't have thought of that. No. Yeah. I always find it fascinating when, when, you know, you come in and you say you came in Monday morning and you find out you're being shifted over and you're starting. I always like to, that thought process for you is, is it kind of like, yeah, damn right, it should be now, or is it that okay, I got to be be careful how I proceed. So take us through how you how you how you prepared prepared for for Sunday's game or last Sunday's game in this case. Uh, I mean, I just prepare for like any other game, you know. Okay. Like I play safety, you know. I, you know, I've been playing safety since I've been here. So, I mean, it's kind of different, you know, different position. But, uh, like I said, I'm, it's like my natural position. So, I, I, I used to play nickel. So, like I said, I just had to get used to, you know, the calls and the checks and lining up and stuff like that. But 
as far as, you know, the game plan and, you know, being prepared for it, uh, I just had to, you know, study a little more because, you know, I've been playing safety. Like I said, I've been playing safety ever since I've been here. So I know the in and out of safety. But nickel, I had to, you know, study more, get get more, you know, uh, game film more, you know, the slots I got to cover, you know, blitzes I can uh, pick up on the blitzes. So just stuff like that. It kind of takes you out of your comfort zone, would you say? Uh, not really my comfort zone. It's just just got to, you know, be on top of my stuff and, you know, get more of my playbook, more like that. Yeah, that, that's a, th- a running theme through all of these rookies. They're always talking about their playbook uh, and watching film. Mm-hmm. Seems like something you can – there's probably – you can't do too much, I would think. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day, but yeah. more film – there isn't a point at which more film is going to be a bad thing, I would right. think. Yeah, yeah. So, first year that Bruce Arians was the head coach in Arizona, I think, they drafted Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like the way they're using you in multiple roles is similar to that. Have you heard those comparisons before? Yeah, I mean, I obviously looked up to him. Um, when I was growing up, and then you know, uh, Coach Rapone, he coached him, and oh, uh, yeah. so he coached him, and he always tried to compare me and him. Yeah, you know, so he always, he always compared me and him. Uh, you know, we do a lot of good, uh, a lot of things similar. You know, play in the slot. You know, blitz a lot. You know, drop back and play deep thirds or you know different coverages. So we got a little similarities uh, with each other. So is like that more, is that more pressure when you're all of a sudden being compared to another player that's done really well? Uh, not really. I mean, because we we two different. I mean, we we different players. Okay. But like, we, like I said, we similar with uh, different things, but we different players. Yeah. So. That's I'm, I'm not trying to say that. No, no, that no. Mike I is just, the next Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I'm just no. saying similar roles. Yeah, yeah, but I was just saying is you know if coaches you know I'm sure he's dropping hints that hey this this is what you can do. Let me yeah. show you what you can do. I right. just just curious on on that you know process. I think the game is right. and Tyron was part of it. The game has changed in recent years mm-hmm. to, to the point where you you use defensive players you don't necessarily have them in a box it, it, it you're not a safety or a nickel corner or corner mm-hmm. or whatever you're just hey we've got a package we need a guy that can do this and he has the skills mm-hmm. right, right so i mean i think that maybe the game has developed good yeah for a player like you yeah definitely. You, you come in this league 15 years ago and you probably would have either been one or the other right just one yeah so that's one cool position. so uh we don't have a whole lot more time no. here but uh what do, you, what do you think of tampa i like it you know it's Different from Ohio, where I'm from. Yeah, mm-hmm. a know, lot. Different <laughs> You're from Cincinnati, right? Yes, Cincinnati. Okay. So by this time, it's like 10 degrees. So yeah, like, right. <laughs> are you yeah. are you pro or, or con of Skyline Chili? Oh, my gosh. Ask anybody over here. I love Skyline. Oh, <laughs> of course you, because he's from yeah, Cincinnati. You know, when you said that, he got himself ready to say <laughs> I wasn't what? sure which way he was going to go with that. He, he was, I he, love Skyline. He wiped like, his brow <laughs> like, oh, man, you're going to ask me this question. That's uh, great. Yeah, there's a, if you're not from Cincinnati, there's a pretty good chance that you think Skyline Chili is no. terrible. Oh, yeah, a lot of people think it's bad, but yeah. a lot of people think it's Do you eat great. it on spaghetti or just in a bowl? Well, however. however <laughs> just give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> they, tried, they, tried, they actually tried to bring Skyline Chili to Tampa. I want to say there's one in the clear one. Yeah. 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 But there were multiple ones Uh, uh, and they were trying, they were franchising it. Have you tried that to see if it's good as the original? Oh yeah. I've been there. You've been there. What do you think? (laughs) It's good. It's good. They got a lot of, they got a lot of stuff. Like I think they got everything on the menu. Some, like some restaurants, it's not, you don't have like the chili dip and stuff. Uh This has everything. They got it all. Wow. Look at that. All right. That's really, nice that that place is here. It's a little taste of home. Listen, so when you, so even though it's, 90 degrees out or whatever. Actually, this is cool weather for us right now. <laughs> cool weather. It's 
like warm weather stuff. Yeah. It was nice last week. It was very, very nice. Yeah. All right, Mike. All right. I know we got you on the last minute, so thank you very much for coming and joining us. Yeah, and I, and I think people need to understand, too. When we're grabbing guys, we're, you know, you just got off the field. You mm-hmm. had, you, all you did was do another interview, took a shower, and came right here. So mm-hmm. I know you want to get to lunch and uh, so meetings. Thank so thank you very much. Appreciate well, it. Thanks for having me. The Salty Dogs. All right, we're back one more time on the Salty Dogs podcast for week 12. Uh, thanks to our guests, and now we are going to answer your questions. Week 12. Yeah. Wow. And we've been doing that for more than that because we started at the beginning of training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are fans' questions, but before we get to that, I realized, you know, we had the snafu and we had to re-record re- uh, the first segment. By the way, did you push it record? I did, it is. From um, now on, you're just going to have to ask that. You can see the counter. counter. I can't because you got to tilt I'm, it that way. Trust me, I'm looking at it. <laughs> uh, one thing we covered the first time through that we forgot this time, but I think is worth talking about, is the um, offensive pass interference that was called on... Mike Evans, and you brought it up before. I did, and I and I'll, I'll start it this time. And, and, I, it, and I was and and I was pretty heated about it, where you yeah. had to tell me Don't, you're going to get fined. Well, so. yeah, I want to put that in this. As I said before, <laughs> I want to put it in this box that we've used before. Great. As NFL employees, any NFL employee can be fined for criticizing officials. That doesn't mean it would definitely happen, but it could. That's why we have to be careful. So we, the way we approach these things, when it's a call that's a bit mystifying is we say what we saw and what we don't understand. And that's where that is exactly so where I'm coming from. We're I, talking about the OPI that Mike Evans got on the fourth and one catch, which was huge. Which was where it took place within one yard. The 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 supposedly the supposedly the the flag was thrown on a play that was within the one yard realm. What you're saying as and you said Dave was, Dave Moore was explaining this on the radio is that you were allowed contact within one yard of the line of scrimmage. And, and Teams defen- even use that to make legal pick plays at the goal line. And defenders have five yards to chuck. Right, but once Don't they... they? They used to have it. Do they still? I believe they can make contact within yeah, the first five can. yards, but that's what gets to my point. This guy was in press coverage, and he immediately made contact with Mike in an effort to keep him off of his route, which is what he's supposed to do. So when you're the receiver and the guy puts his hands on you and it's in that area where he's allowed to do so, then you have to be able to fight him off, right? You have to what, – what how is it wrong for the receiver to have the cornerback grab him and to get him off him? How is that wrong? Right. That's, and, all, that's all it appeared to me that Mike did. Right. And, and on the other thing is in, um, it looked like the defender lost his footing. So, so it was more dramatic. Now, right. whether he lost his footing or he goes, oh, crap, I'm beat. I'm falling down and hopefully, you know, gets yeah. the flag. Mike Mike made a really nice play, Great to, play. to disengage. Not only and, disengage, but also cut sharply inside. And caught the ball. And caught the ball. And, and For that, a first down on a fourth down play. I think that because he made such a good play, that that's why the defender stumbled there. And, I, I, I thought I thought the uh, double replays um, – and this is where I don't understand the rule, and I don't, and this is what I, from what I could see from what we saw on the in-house replays, and then what we could see on TV replays because they're two different things. It apparently everyone thought it was, except for the guy that threw the flag, and, and New York. York, and those are the only people that matter. Well, we we have heard, and more so the guy in New York. Yes, because we have heard that they were applying a very very high bar. To oh. overturn anything. That's the way they want it. Yeah. Which is just a little strange. Well, Because yeah. you think you just want to get it right. And that's, and we, and yes, you want to get it right. You and, and, 
you and I were saying um, before that uh, this is like a lot of rules, especially kind of, I don't want to say controversial, but big change well, rules. They, they voted in for a one-year trial first, and most of the times they then the next year make it permanent, so to speak. This could be one of those exceptions where they do the one-year trial and go, nah. Yeah, not nah. And, and as I said before, I've said in previous episodes, so apologies to anybody who's had to hear this before, but it was the coaches who really wanted this that made this go- get passed so quickly. If you remember back in March when those meetings began, and they're like, what, three or 40 meetings? And all of this, all of this comes about from the, la- from the, the play New in New game, Orleans right. in the championship game, which propelled the Rams. Right. Well... The Saints fans believe it propelled the Rams because yeah. there was more more game to be played. Yeah, it's a legitimate complaint. But, but at some point, you got to yeah. get over it. Um, so at those meetings in Phoenix in March, when those meetings started, I don't think anybody thought that rule was going to be discussed and passed in that short of a period of time. But it picked up a ton of momentum. They actually stayed late in a meeting one afternoon and hammered it out and voted for it. And it was because the coaches all wanted it. They they were pretty much all agreed that they wanted it. And the the owners heard that, and they, you know, if they, if all the coaches want it, then this is the right thing. Well, the coaches aren't going to vote for this again. They don't like it anymore because no. it's not what they thought they were getting. And you have you have two schools right now. You have the school of I'm not throwing the flag anymore. They're not going to overturn it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the school of Bruce Arians who says recently said who recently said you know what I I think that's a I'm going to keep throwing yeah, it. Yeah, because I think I'm right on this right. play. And and I, you know, until, so that's what the coaches have gotten. They've gotten a system where they see. What they believe to be a mistake, which is mistakes can happen. Sure. That's, that's the point. It's a really, really hard but, job to officiate. So, And that's the reason why you have replay, right. to help the right. official so in they real see time. A mis- so coach sees a mistake, throws the flag, the ruling comes back, and he still doesn't agree with it. So he thinks, well, this system is not working. Because that, to me, is quite obviously not what happened. But they, they upheld the call. And that happens a lot more than coaches expected. That's why I don't think they're going to be in favor of it anymore unless there are some tweaks to it because I don't think the coaches like the way the system is going at all. No. And and you and I said before, I would – this to me, this has been so not good that it has made me switch sides and say – I don't. I just say yeah. get rid of replay altogether. Yeah. I, because there's no definitive what is, what is, and what isn't. No I'm one can saying, agree on it. I'm just saying it's it's frustrating when you're watching – a game and a call goes against your team and you see the replay and you go, I don't think they got that right. That's legitimately frustrating, but it's also something that can happen. It's twice as frustrating to, to watch a game, see a call against you. <laughs> don't think they, or a non-call, don't think they got it right. Then your team challenges and you see it and you go, okay, good. We're going to get the justice We're on this one. It. And then you still don't get the call that you expected. That's twice as frustrating. That's why I said, just get rid of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, we're going to find it won't out. happen. No, but it, we're going to find out, but you know, all right, let's get to the questions. All right. I have to put on my glasses. Oh. Hope I don't make any noise doing it or you'll flip you out again. Fellow dogs. Yes, yes, I'm feeling salty too, he says. <laughs> he, because it's, I see at the bottom his name is Earl. Earl. Okay, the playoffs aren't happening at 3-7. and seven. That's what I said. Yeah, he, well, so, he was listening to the podcast earlier. That's pretty impressive <laughs> if you get the question in that fast. He's got a time machine. Yes. So now I'm going to do what a lot of Bucks fans are probably doing right now and start thinking about next year's draft. Should the Bucks start tanking a la the Dolphins? You know, if the Dolphins are tanking, they're not doing a very good job no, of it lately. No, and I'm glad they're not. They're trying to win games. Well, that's always been the case. Yeah, sure. Uh, the coaches and players have gone into every game trying to win. The tanking comes from getting rid of a lot of your best players, if you want to use the word tanking. 
to try to get a higher pick. That's not really my question, though. Okay, good, because I didn't like that question. Here's what I want you guys to sound off on. What position should the Bucks go for with what will probably be a top 10 pick? It would be right now. I think we're about 7th right now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we go on a 6-game winning streak and it's more like 17th. I say best player available. There's, I don't know if you're joking there, but that's not a bad No, I, I mean okay. Um Because the more you go back and look at drafts, look back at a draft 10 years from now, you're like – Every team should just go best. Now, of course, that's your idea of who the best player available is. You got to yeah. get that right um, at that time. Because if you look at if you look at the quarterback situation when Baker Mayfield and all of them, you know, he went first. Or Chicago picked their guy first. Trubisky, yes, second. and it wasn't so the same year, but yeah. But, um, but you know what I'm saying is the guys were getting passed up. I don't think that teams really they may say they go best player available. And maybe they do in the later rounds, but I don't think if you have a top ten pick, you go strictly best player available. You're going most of the time. You're going best Phil player. Neal, Phil, Phil best need. player that fills of an important need. Yeah. I mean, think of 2014. I'm sure there were some other good players in the top ten, but we took Mike Evans at seven because he's great and we needed a receiver. Um, you know, we we took Jameis with the first overall pick. But if we'd had a quarterback, we wouldn't have done that, right? Mm. Probably. Um, if, so, we, if you had a quarterback, you wouldn't you be probably weren't. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I was a little salty, wasn't I? I started to think about that as I was saying I know, it. I could see it in your eyes like, this is really dumb. <laughs> this what is I just not said. the greatest point in the world. Um, I would So I'll play the game with Earl here. By the way, he says a displaced Tampanian. So he used to live I thought here. it was a Tarponian. Tarpon? A tam- no. Tamponian. I, I believe that um, the two, two ones that have been in use are Tampon mm-hmm. and Tampanian. Uh, but I did see somewhere recently somebody discussing this, and uh, they, they were in favor of Tampeno, E-N-O. Ooh. And I think it has a little tilde because it's a sort of, it's a not the, you know, the deep Latin and Hispanic roots here mm-hmm. in Tampa. Cigar and cigar factories and all that. But I've heard most not commonly Tampanian. Okay. Anyway. Oh, okay. So I think the answer to this question has a lot to do with exactly how high the bucks are. And this is tied in together. And... What is the final decision, and we don't know this yet, on Jameis Winston? There you go. That's really going to make a big difference as to what the Bucks do in the draft next year. It's a $100 million question. If we're not talking about quarterbacks, my vote would be to hope that there's some good pass rushing depth. And I know we've got some good pass rushers, but a lot of them are your contracts running out. I deals. don't think we can get them all back. Nope. And I think you will be making your decisions on those guys based also on thinking, what can we get in the draft? Um, so if you could get now, you're probably not going to find, unless you're picking in the top two or three, you're probably not going to find somebody as good as like the new Bosa or which one Joey was first and now it's Nick. Is that right? Yeah. They're both great. Nick Bosa has been fantastic. If that's the, but that was a lot of people. That was a controversial pick just because who he is. Everybody was, there was that issue with him on his social media stuff. Uh, Yeah. That was, that came away. That came away pretty quickly. So my vote, if we're not talking quarterback is as a pass rusher. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd go with that. I think you got to. I think you got to roll with the young DBs you have and try to make that work. So I, I'm not picking. You're a corner. committed right now. Um, so I'm not picking a corner. I'm not picking a running back that high if we are that high. Uh, offensive lineman, I could see that. I could see that. You know, mm-hmm. I think Demar's played well this year, but he's the oldest guy on that unit. And at some most, point, yeah. you're going to need plus just depth. I mean, we haven't drafted a high offensive lineman since Donovan and Alley. So, okay, that was easy. That's good. Next question comes. I actually pulled this off Twitter because there weren't very many questions. Oh. As the team as the team continues to not do the well, less questions we get. Our index dries up a little bit. Oh, I hope wow. you all are still out there listening. And you're just not motivated enough yeah. to write in. But you're write in. Salty. Come on, uh, write in questions to us at um, salty dogs 
at buccaneers.nfl.com. So this one I pulled off of Twitter. It was replying to me. He said, so we signed Mazzy. He's talking about Mazzy Wilkins. Yep. He uses handle. From the practice squad just to sit him without injury. I'm confused, but I hope Bruce Arians knows what he's doing. That stuff happens all the time. We had just gotten rid of Vernon, so we were one down. Mm. We needed another corner on the roster. You usually keep six. And, and often one of those guys is inactive on game day. Yeah. Um, Only 53 can be active. Yeah, 46. Oh, correct. I'm you sorry. Bring up, I take you, it back. You bring up the guy in part because you're not sure yet on Carlton Davis. His his availability was still in doubt as of Friday. He really kind of – Yeah, that was a game-time decision. Yeah, he got a lot better over the course of Friday through Sunday. So um, you still – you want to have a guy on the roster. So if he can't go, if he has a setback or something, you've got another corner. But they didn't ever plan to use – they had four corners active, and then they had Mike Edwards, who they knew they were going to use in the slot. So they really had five guys to utilize there. You still had – they didn't even use Jamel Dean. So you had him, and we had Ryan Smith too. So that's – Mazzy will get a shot, but it just that happens all the time. You bring a new oh, guy on the roster. Well, he's, he's it's also the sixth the, out of six guys. It's also the game plan, as you just said, yeah. what they were planning, they how they were going to run it. Yeah, right. they knew they planned all along to use a lot of zone coverage and, and and use Mike in those packages. I think you're going to see more Jamel Dean going forward. Coach has said that to a couple times this week already. Yes, after that great game he had against the uh, Cardinals, so that's not weird at all. But as I was, I wanted to bring up how much of a because I got this from Twitter. How big of a gulf there is between on Twitter, between how funny people think they are and how funny they actually are. <laughs> it's just like I think I put out the tweet about Jameis Winston. Uh, first of all, him being hurt on Sunday, his ankle, and then on Monday, Bruce saying it was fine. The jokes are. I mean, it's just such low hanging fruit. Everybody's making the same exact joke. Try harder, people. What was the joke? It's all the same thing. Oh, his ankle's fine, but what about his playing ability? That essentially is the joke. That's the whole joke. And like 50 different people make the wow, same joke. Wow, you have joke. a lot of third graders uh, following 50 you, different. If you're going to if you're gonna try to, be, try to be clever at least, not the same joke everybody's making. The first thing that pops in your mind, oh, haha, it's not Jameis' ankle that hurts. It's his ability to play. Oh, God, that's, that's great. Really well-crafted joke there. <laughs> You really nailed that one. <laughs> wow, you're a little salty well, it's just about that. I know, I know Twitter's terrible and everybody says awful things to each other and there's no accountability, but at least be clever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Try a little harder. I do. Yeah. If, if you're not going to be clever, don't, don't waste the letters. Don't waste our Don't time. do characters or whatever they're called. That's why I often don't really look at Twitter as much as I probably should in my profession. Mm. All right. Last question. So Was Jeff, that just a rant? I just ranted. Okay. I think it had been a while. I think yeah. you had a rant last week. You're, you're really kind of quiet about it. You kind of just snuck it in there. But yeah, the, I, did. I, I surprised you with the rant. Yes, it was a sneak did. attack rant. You did. I thought you were talking about Twitter. You were going to go somewhere, and then it come to find out. It's like, <laughs> if you're going to you're going to respond to my tweets, let's be clever. That's all I'm asking That's for. fair enough. Okay. be funny to see if anybody picks up the gauntlet. Well, I'll see if they can be clever. And, there's, you know, there's and clever people out and there. We'll, and we'll be the judge of that. If you are, we'll read your cleverness. Oh. Oh, before I do the last question, you have an addendum to I an did. answer. I let, did. Let me set the stage here. All right, go ahead. Last week, a guy sent us in a question. I think he was from Connecticut. Um, he was the guy who had grown up loving Mike Allstott, Pee Wee football, all that. Um, he said he's noticed that uh, when Jameis is on the sideline looking at replays on the board, that Jameis will be squinting. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, is there a problem with Jameis's eyesight? My initial resp response was, we have all kinds of doctors and trainers and people helping these players in every way and if your quarterback had any problem with his eyesight it would have already been detected and 
corrected. Correct. Remember when everybody thought Vinny Tessori's colorblindness was the reason he was throwing interceptions? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So I have no doubt that there's no issue with that hasn't been addressed with Winston's eyesight, but you thought you'd go the extra mile and go ask him. So and I did. You did. And I actually was in the locker room, and you were on the other side of the locker room, and you actually said, you're really going to ask I him? I didn't think you would ask that. Sure, why not? Have you're asking the quarterback, you got a problem with your eyes? I, that's not hey, how I approach it. got a problem with your eyes? See, here's the difference. There's a, there's got a problem with your eyes? There's a difference in, in all. It's on how you ask the question. <laughs> First, yes, and then he told I, you that he was surprised I didn't think you should ask him that. He, he did say that, but I walked up to him and I said, hey, hey, Jameis. He goes, JR, how are you? I said, I'm good, man. I said, hey, I said, I got a, I got a question for you. So let me tell you how, how, where this question's coming from. He goes, okay, what's going on? I said, well, we do this all the time. He goes, yeah, yeah. When am I going to be on? I go, we'll get you on. We'll get you on. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I said, so uh, anyways, we got a question coming in and they asked, that they notice when you're on the sideline, you're always squinting when you're looking up at the, the thing. And he and I said, so I thought it was in because of the sun. And he goes, no, it wasn't because of the sun. And I went, oh. He goes, it, it's what I do. It's, it's just a, what I do. And I tick. went, oh, okay, yeah, like a tick, yeah. Hmm. I said, oh, okay. And then he and he looks at you and goes, why, <laughs> like, why wouldn't you think he would ask that question? <laughs> it's like, weird to go up to your quarterback well, and say, you got a problem with your eyes? But here's – but that's if you – if you ask a question like that, you're going to have issues. It's all in how you ask the question. It's 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 the setup. It would be like you went to our training staff and said, "Hey, does James have a problem with his eyes?" Well, would you do that? Because in that, can I be say- honest? Yeah, I could do that. Yes, because I do have a relationship with the. Oh, with, it's, we both it, do. we do, and that's what I'm saying. When you have relationships, you can ask questions. Okay, but. If you ask that of the trainers, is there any part of you that's thinking, I'm questioning how well they're doing their job? Let me tell you a story. Can I tell you a story? Tell me a story. I felt like I had a pretty good relationship with Rich Basaccia when he was here. And I love Rich Basaccia. (laughs) So do I. Richie's the best. I wish he was still here. Richie's the best. One of my favorite guys (laughs) that's ever been on our coaching staffs. Great guy, right? Terrific guy. And a good football coach. But also could be quite... He direct. Would, he could be a salty dog in a heartbeat. Yeah, you you had to know that he also liked you because sometimes you wondered if that yep. was true. But he good great guy. There was a play that I had never seen before, and this is in the nineties, and I had never seen it before. I think it's more widely known now that you can do this. A player on a kick return, the kick returner, the ball was bouncing towards the sideline. He went over and put one foot out of bounds and then fielded the ball still in play. Because if you're out of bounds and you field the ball, that's the same as the ball going out of bounds. And if the ball goes out of bounds prior to getting to the end zone, you get that penalty where you get the ball to 40. That running back or receiver returner knew that and made a great play. I had never seen this before, so it was news to me. That also proves that his coach probably taught him that, right? Okay. Great stuff. Next day, Monday, I'm at work, and I asked Rich if he saw that. And, and did you know that? rule. And he goes, I, I, mean, I think I probably asked him more tactfully than that, but I'm just trying to get to the point. And he said... Somewhere in the in the question, did you say, did you know this? Were you aware of that or something along those lines? So he said, Scott, and I'm going to leave out a couple words that are a little too spicy. I'm a blank special teams coach in the blank NFL. Of course I know that. <laughs> and I was like, 
well, hell if he isn't right. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't really look at it that way before. But, but what you... So what, that has been on my mind ever since. All right. But here we're going to... I'm bringing it back around. It's all in how you approach to get the information. I don't think I did it badly. If you would have said, Rich, I never saw that play before. Can you explain it to me? Sure. That would have been better. I think at the time I was and young. Then, and then he either says, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Or he says, Scotty, let me tell you how this is because I want to tell you how smart I am because I'm a blank and NFL coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. he. It's all in how you ask the question. I, I, well, okay, but did you my ask, point of the like story. If you ask me right now, if I press the button on the recorder. Which you didn't. Right. I wouldn't be mad because I did it. <laughs> You would be but mad pre- if you hadn't done it? No. If if you asked that question, I wouldn't be mad at you right now because I didn't press the button. Right. However, but, 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 if you asked that question before I not had hit the button, I would have been You would have been a little bit peeved because yes. like, of course I would have done that. Of course. But uh, my point isn't uh, – your, your point about how it's presented is well-received. I get that point. But my point in telling that story was certain question, no matter how tactfully you answer it, has a bit of are you really doing your job well – to it because yeah. that's why he reacted that way for a special teams coach to be in the NFL and not know that would have been bad. Yes. So me asking him if he knew that or however he but did so. But in fairness to you, no matter. You I did, was young for one thing. Well, the other thing too is you could ask Rich any type of question in the proper way and he'd just chew you up anyway. Yeah, so he, he definitely he, could do that. He was the best ever. He, uh, uh, he I was, still, You know what? I, I tell you what kind of guy Rich Bisacci is. Gene Deckerhoff did his 500th FSU game. Recently? Uh, three weeks ago. Okay. Rich Bisaccia called Gene and said, congratulations on your 500th call. That is a fine He fella. had not talked to Gene in three, four, five years. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. And when Gene was telling me the story, Gene felt that that was pretty yeah. impressive. But that's the kind of guy Rich he is. He, he can bust your you-know-whats until – you can say he bust your balls all day long. You can say that? Yeah, you can say that. Okay. I just did. Yeah. And I still have his number on my phone. I do, too. I if do it's too. the same number, I don't know. I bet you it is. Here, let's tell everybody what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really want this to This is still friends. an 813 number. So he, ma- you can still. Oh, I know. That's the way people it, do yeah, it. Yeah, it it, it kind of tells along. you where you're from. Yeah. And if you're wondering where Rich Bisacci is right now, he is out in Oakland. He is the uh, special teams yeah, coach yeah. for the Raiders. Of course. With got reunited back, with John got, Gruden. Yeah. So. Uh, All right. Well, that was a fun story. I, I, I had one why. more question. Okay. Go ahead. Because uh, I think we mentioned we were going to get to this. Uh, okay. Um, so the Falcons move Raheem Morris over to DB's. Did we talk about this the first time through or, the, or this No, time? well, I started to talk about it. And, and I told you to wait. And you told me to stop. So the Falcons move Raheem Morse over to DBs, and now all of a sudden nobody can score on them anymore. I mean, how can that be? No offense to Raheem. I liked him when he was in Tampa. Could, but could that really make that big of a difference? It just figures that the Falcons would get hot right now before we play them. So what gives? Thanks, Darren W. Didn't tell me where he's from. Well, if you listen to what the Falcon players are saying, that uh, Raheem came into their meetings and gave them a jolt of energy and he can expo- do that and explained to them what the offense was going to do to them because Raheem has was on the offensive side of the ball for the last number of years. Raheem is a very smart man when it comes to football. Yeah, he he's for a sure. really great football. I learned a lot of football. With doing Raheem shows with him. doing shows with him, but he would also show you tape. Oh, cool. And that was very, very cool. Yeah. 
And from what the reports were out, out have been out of Atlanta from uh, the defensive players, is he was exp- kind of like saying, "Hey, we're going to simplify the offense, yeah, that's what or rather the said. defense. Yeah. We're going to simplify this, and this is what they're going to do to you." And so if I'm telling you they're going to do this to you, what do you need to do? Well, then I need to do this. Okay, you do that. Just play. And that has been the difference. They've gone two games without giving up a touchdown. Like, and on road games, and one like, of those teams was the Saints. Saints. With Drew Brees and Nova Gamora and Michael Thomas. And then against Carolina in Carolina. In Carolina. And, uh, and so. I don't see the, how that's sustainable. Uh, well, it's it's not. You can't not let people not score, but I think it builds a confidence. Sure. I, I think it, it gives them an opportunity. They have a good offense. They can put points on they the board. They can always throw the ball. And they can always throw yeah. The ball. So in, in that aspect, and, and okay, people forget. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Raheem's. Yeah. And people forget. Yeah, he was young. He's 32 years old when he became a head coach. There's a lot. It happened going, rather quickly. It happened quickly. There was a lot going on. Was it handled? You know, he he did win ten games. You know, the race to ten. The race to ten, and so I, I, and there's a reason why he's still in the NFL now. For sure. What could happen? I don't know, but he keeps this up. All of a sudden, he can rise up into either begin being a defensive coordinator somewhere or a head coach real quick. Yeah, I would think a defensive coordinator position would almost be a no brainer if the Falcons continue to do this. Which is kind of weird going into Atlanta, considering Dirk's there, Raheem's there. This, Crazy. Something's a little. Uh, this is secondhand, so I don't. I don't actually. I didn't actually read this myself, so I'm trusting the people who told me this at mm. lunch. But they said that Raheem is now calling the plays, but only on third downs. You That's that? true. Yes, I heard what, what the way it is working is that whoever was calling it before is doing first, second, and he's handling it. I've never heard of anything like that before. It's working. That's weird. If that's the case, that's what's happening. Or they're conferring with each other. I don't they're know. also playing a lot more aggressively, apparently. Very much so. Uh, simple, as you said, more aggressive, more press. More. I don't know if they're blitzing more, but something's changed because, <laughs> incredibly, the Falcons had seven sacks in their first eight games. Seven total in eight games, their defense. They go in their bye, they do these changes, they come out. They've had 11 in the next two games. 11 of their 18 sacks in the last two games. That's that's a, that's a That's got to be fluky. I mean... And it's against, it's against um, Drew, Drew Brees' team. He, he got sacked six times. He never gets sacked six mm-hmm. times in a game. We hit. We sacked him once. No, we didn't. Oh, we got Drew Brees one time. No, we didn't. Oh, we didn't get. I thought we had a sack. We did have a sack. Oh, he passed. He handed the ball off. No, what? You want me to tell you? Yes. It was Mike Edwards, and he sacked, actually sacked Taysom Hill. You know, they're kind of Swiss Army knife oh, QB. Oh, that's right. They had him okay. in there for what I guess was going to be some kind of gadget. My play. bad. That's right. Yeah, gotcha. Mr. Gadget didn't play very well. Anyways. On that one. On that one. Um, yeah, so anyways, I think what's funny about the NFL, we were talking previously in the, the podcast, that you have a lot of talent. It's just not clicking what's going on, and all of a sudden you find it. So we can do what, what the Falcons just did. I, that's what I mean about the NFL. It's a week-to-week thing, and whatever it was that okay. they needed, they found it. They did. That doesn't happen to every team, so mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed. No. It's just an encouraging thing like, hey, if it happened there, it's going to happen here. I think we have oh, – I wouldn't want a Falcons fan to listen to this because I'm sure they disagree. I feel like we have more talent on this team. I do, too. Than the Falcons currently have. Mm-hmm. That hasn't necessarily been true for a little while now. No. So, and um, they've, they've – I, I think that – I. 
think the, the Falcons have had a hard go ever since the Super Bowl. I think that's been a heavy hangover. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one they to swallow. Out that no. One yet. no. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. We're playing them. And, and uh, are you going to be – well, you might be able to see Dirk on the field. I have a hard time getting down to the field. I, I always want to because I, I like to go down and see old coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but We I usually see Raheem every time we go up there. Yeah. I, I get down to the field because we do our – you do your our live show mm-hmm. uh, more so when it's a home game because then we also do the show. Casey and I also do the show on the board for the people at the stadium. Mm-hmm. But even on a road game, we do the Facebook live show. Uh, so I'll I'll be down there. So there's Dirk and there's um, Raheem. I don't know how badly Dirk's going to want to see me. <laughs> you know, because I was the guy that did the interviews that he had to sit through oh, every, oh, every right. week. That I I don't think he enjoyed that very much. Well, I, I'm sure he was nice to me. Otherwise, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I, I'm sure he'll be looking for TJ. <laughs> Those two didn't quite they, get along. Did they, they? It, not 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 TJ's fault, but he sure did try. You know, it, it's it not necessarily not get along. It's just sometimes you have to ask questions, and people don't like you asking questions. Yeah, Dirk. It's, I've said this before. I like Dirk, mm-hmm. and I think he's a very smart guy. A very smart man, which may have been partially why it was so difficult because. Um, Sometimes you you had to phrase questions certain ways because he didn't he didn't really want any BS. And sometimes when you're interviewing a guy, especially on your own team, you're trying to help him get to a point. You're trying to ask a question that will allow him to say something good about the team, right? right? And he, most times coaches will just take that and do that. Yeah, he but was, if you didn't ask it the right way, and it was if maybe it was a dumb question in some way or another, he didn't really let you get away he, with it. No, he liked and he liked direct question. He liked a direct football That's question. True. Yeah, yes, and, and you had no stuff. He was great. And you had to you had to adjust to that. I'm not. By the way, I'm not complaining about him. No, I'm. I'm, a, I'm just explaining that you had to you had to really. There was a certain way you had to go about it, mm-hmm. which is fine. I think, and I think a lot of this because he's just a really smart guy. A very smart guy. Very intense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but ho- right. hopefully he's not this smart. Uh, Hope on he's Sunday. not very smart this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he has a brain fart this go. weekend. So I think we've covered it. Um, yes. Thanks again. Hopefully next week we're back to talking about a win. Mm-hmm. But that's it for this week's podcast. And since you did, thanks for listening.